Good morning, Cornerstone Church. And greetings to you from wherever you are watching this and whenever you are participating in this time of worship. I am Pastor Bill, as is clear from the name tag that I never wear. So Pastor Bill for short, P. Bill if you got to do it faster, P. B. if you really, really are lazy, and if you haven't figured it out by now, P. B. J. when you're ready for lunch. It is, it is an honor to be with you, and as Pastor Hojan prayed, to bring a word from God for our lives today. Last week, we looked at John chapter 15 where Jesus said to his followers, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Last week, we heard from the mouth of Jesus that abiding in him is the essential practice of the Christian life if we want to become better human beings if we want to have more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us, that love and joy and peace and kindness and self-control, abiding in Jesus and his word remaining in us is the essential spiritual practice if we want to become better human beings and if we want our lives to count for making the world a better place through us and through the ways that Jesus has changed us. It turns out that abiding in Christ is essential to the Christian life. Abiding is simply to practice the presence of Jesus, to be aware of Jesus, to be sensitive, to be dialoguing with Jesus bit by bit, moment by moment, day by day in our lives. And it is the keystone Christian discipline that will change every other area of your life. Because abiding will absorb your love for Jesus, your love for others. Abiding will include obeying the commandments of Jesus. Abiding is the keystone habit. That will change everything else in our lives if we are diligent to seek to practice the presence of Jesus. So today we're going to talk about soap. Last week you let me get away with creating a word when I said that abiding leads to fruiting. I was pretty sure some English major in the group would say, you know, fruiting is not a real word, don't you? And then I thought somebody would tease me for making up the word, but since you didn't, today I have made up an acronym. And the acronym is SOAP, S-O-A-P, SOAP. Ready to see what it's for? SOAP is the super abundance of abiding practices. I want to talk about soap. I want to talk about the superabundance of abiding practices that are available to us. Most of us assess our, our, the quality of our spiritual life on a very narrow set of metrics. We feel like we're not doing good spiritually if we don't go to church enough, if we don't pray enough, if we don't read the Bible enough, if we don't give enough, if we don't serve enough, if we don't witness enough. And we have this checklist Christianity that is the metric for how we're doing spiritually. It's kind of interesting. You realize Jesus never said that if you go to church more, you will produce much fruit. Going to church is probably a good thing, probably. But Jesus doesn't correlate it with producing much fruit, more fruit, or fruit that will last. 
Jesus doesn't even say, if you read the Bible more, you will produce more fruit. You probably will, but Jesus, let's never forget that Jesus says the key to becoming better human beings and to changing the world because we've been changed, the key is practicing the presence of Jesus. Abiding Christianity is way more, more comprehensive. It's way more integrated. It's way more fun than a checklist Christianity. So I want to, you to leave here from this time with an increased awareness of the superabundance of abiding practices. There are hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of interesting, engaging, creative, powerful, and fruitful ways to practice the presence of Jesus. So earlier this week, Pastor Linda and I had a conversation. And we're going to play a clip of the conversation. I apologize in advance for the, the video. We did a Zoom and recorded it. Um, this is a conversation that we had just talking about, as we say this in the video, as two of the oldest people at Cornerstone, this is a conversation about us talking about the things that we've done in our lives to abide and practice the presence of Jesus. Take a look, and I'll come back afterwards. For those of you who've not yet met Pastor Linda, Pastor Linda is our pastor of family ministries. So she oversees children's ministries and marriage ministries and marriage mentor ministries, and she takes care of operations and a bunch of other kinds of things. Linda is a Canadian, and she is in Canada right now. So welcome, Linda. And let me ask the first question. How long have you been a Christian trying to walk with Jesus, trying to abide and practice the presence of Jesus? Oh, well, yeah, I get to be our age, we forget, right, Bill? However, um, I was raised in a Christian home, so I was always aware of God. But uh, I think it was, er well, I know it was early teens when I realized that I wasn't abiding with him, that I was using my parents' belief in Christ to be mine. So for me, it has been about 45 years that I personally have been on this journey of abiding with Christ. And you, Bill? What's well, interesting, I actually came across a journal entry um, of when I was 16 years old reflecting on John 15. Mm. And I realized that I've, I've loved John 15 and abiding for just about five decades in my life. Which means that between you and I, we have almost 100 years of trying to practice the presence of Jesus as if... Yeah. We didn't already feel old at Cornerstone. <laughs> Actually, last night, a person at Cornerstone said to me, what year were you born? And I told her, and she said, you're only three years younger than my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Michaela. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, why don't you share with us a couple of insights that you've kind of gathered over the years of walking with Jesus about abiding? Sure. Um, you know, for, probably like many of you, um, initially thought the routine of scripture, um, was something to be done in my walk with God, tick, done for the day, done with the day, done with the day, read this, read this, read this. Um, and somewhere along the line, I realized that this wasn't helping me grow. 
and was actually making me more frustrated and feeling more guilty. And I realized that's not what God intends when he wants to abide with us. So one of my observations is that it is about slowing down and being present with God, not a checklist of things to be done. And that it does change depending on what's going on in my life and uh, my ongoing relationship with God. And in a sense, the abiding changes um, in response to where my relationship with God is. Uh, you know, I have a good friend who talks about her abiding with God as always. She always visualizes God sitting right beside her. And I am just in awe of that. And that really helps me think about what does abiding with God look like? And for you, Bill, what's your general observations on abiding over the years? Probably the first one that I think of is how many hundreds and hundreds and probably thousands of creative, joy-filled, fun ways there are to, to practice the presence of Jesus. Hmm. And most of them don't happen in church. <laughs> they happen in other spaces. Um, and, and I've learned over the years that if there's something I really, really love, if I can attach it some way to practicing the presence of Jesus, I get both Jesus plus something I love, which energizes both of those. Um, and then probably a, a second one that I think of is I realize that my practices, they, they morph and change. When some don't seem to be fruitful, I don't feel guilty about it. I just say, oh, maybe that one's done for this season, or maybe it's got to change in some way. And I love how I have this horizon of, of anticipation of joy as my practices kind of continue and change and morph and find new ones to fill in. Yeah. Yeah. So let's popcorn here because um, the purpose of this message is to show the super abundance of, of abiding practices. So let's yeah. popcorn back and forth. You get to start, Linda. What are, what are, just list abiding practices that have been in your life. Sure. Um... Yeah, and it's been fun thinking about these and going back over the years, right? To not just think about right now, but uh, see the faithfulness of God through all the different ways that he and I abide together. Um, and I go back many years to when I spent 20 years in the bank. And um, hi, corporate world has been called soul draining. And it can be, but it doesn't have to be. And I've found, I did find ways to abide with Christ in my workday. And that would be why I love faith and work discussions and learnings. One of the key ones I found was um, just breath prayers during my workday. And when I was heading into a tough meeting, when I started my day, even after a really hard discussion, I would do three breaths. And the first one came with the words, come, Father God. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. And for me, that regrounded me in abiding with Christ in my bank environment and just reminded me that he's already there and he invited me to join him in there. Um, and I was there to abide with him in my workplace. So that was a key one there. And I used to also stick post-it notes, as odd as that seems, that just reminded me that he was abiding with me. And uh, so I put 
verses on my laptop and I would put words on it. Like I need patience through this time period. And that would be God, God abiding with me, me abiding in his patience to get me through my work day. How about you, Bill? Well, the first one that I kind of thought about is, is actually super simple, but I realized how much a part of my life it is. Um, I don't, when I wake up in the morning, um, the first thing in my mind is a prayer. It's a good morning prayer to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't get out of bed without saying, Father, good morning, Jesus, good morning, Holy Spirit, good morning. Use me and walk with me through the day. And then on the other end of the day, I don't go to sleep. My last conscious thought is a good night prayer to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Obviously, my hope is in between. I'm filling that with abiding. But those two bookends, on that's an ordinary day with Jesus for me. Lovely. May I share another one, Bill? Yep, back to you. <laughs> uh, this one I love because it is spending time in scripture, but without the, I've got to finish this chapter by Tuesday kind of feeling. And it's really um, to really dwell in scripture, which really helps my soul abide in God. And that is really marinating or soaking in scripture one verse at a time. And uh, it's abiding with God in his word without, yeah, without that checklist. It's really slow. It slows me down. It brings me more into the presence of God. It's good for my soul at different parts of my life. When, when God knows you need these verses, you need to really understand who I am verse by verse. And if you receive, I was thinking of this one because uh, if you receive our weekly e-news, you've been soaking. I've made you soak in Psalm 23, verse by verse. Uh, if I was doing that personally, it would be much more reflective, much more personal, would take me longer. Um, but what I do with those verses, the one verse that I start with on a scripture is um, I would read it over first. I would ask God to reveal to me what he wants to. And I would read it over a few more times, just that one verse and see what words pop out. And then that verse would come with me all day to remind me to abide in God throughout the day and see what he wants to teach me in that verse. Um, and I might even take a few days to do one verse. It all depends on what God wants to say to me and how he's speaking to my soul. So this is about talking deep, not wide and shallow. And that's abiding with God when I really soak in scripture one verse at a time. So that's Another one that at different times in my life have been really important. Um, how about you, Bill? What's another one? Actually, tacking onto that, that's what scripture memory does for me too, because mm. it keeps me in a short passage for longer. Um, yeah. But the next one that I thought of is um, I love walks. I, mm. I just absolutely love walks. So I've attached that over the, the years and years and years of I take walks with Jesus. A couple times a week, I just go for a walk with Jesus and I say, let's see what we see. And do you have anything you want to say? And yeah. it fills my life. Yeah. Back to you. Wonderful. Linda. No, that's that's a beautiful one, because the next one I thought of one is um, silence. And, you know, for a time period in my life, for those who don't know my history much, I spent in Hong Kong seven years. And that is an intense, intense city. It's a you know, population of 7 million that when you take away the land they can't build on is a quarter.
quarter of the size of Rhode Island. So it's really intense with people. And when we hit there, I was overwhelmed and I was not abiding in God because I was so distracted. And so what God knew what my soul needed to abide in him was silence. And so I learned how to wake up in the morning, have my cup of coffee, and I'd start with my three breath prayer that I talked about for our workplace. And then I would just sit. I would close my eyes because I get distracted by things. Um, and when things entered my mind, I would say, God, is this from you? Or is this just something I have to say? I'll think about you later. Um, but that really helped me learn to help abide in God because it refreshed my soul. Even if for a few days I heard nothing from God, nothing was coming to me, that silence was refreshing and is what I needed to carry him and carry to be present with him as I headed off to my work day. Um, so silence, that was a real, that's a real treasured one for me, I think, because our, our lives are so hectic. So Bill, I think we have time for one more from you. I was going to say, I knew you were going to steal that one from me before I got to it. Um, I, I just love that one. <laughs> it's, it's foundational for me as well. Um, yeah. Sometimes I have my Bible, sometimes I have my journal, but I always have Jesus in those moments. All right, so I only, have to, I only get to do one more. Yeah, we're running well, out of here. time. All right. Um, so, well, here, um, doing spiritual exercises and practices of abiding with friends. Um, last night, five of us went out to see the Persed meteor shower. We didn't see many meteors, mm -hmm. but we went to see the glory of God. Um, the heavens declare the glory of God. And I got to see the glory of God in, in people, five, five of us or four, four people other than me, who I will spend eternity with. And I got glimpses about their glory. So um, I love spiritual practices of abiding in community and with friends and with family. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> You're going to do one more? I know that's... Wrap up? No, that's a, that's a few each, so I can wrap up okay. since we're out of time. There are more. So what I want to say to all of you is reach out to Bill and I to talk about the other ones we haven't had time to share with you. Um, because it's just uh, abiding with God is pretty amazing. Um, so I think my final thought would be we get so hung up in the church on discussions on theology. There's arguments that happen about things and what this means and what this means. And there is real value in that. However, that's not what God calls us to. He doesn't call us to argue theology. He calls us to abide with him. Just like the scripture we've been talking about, Jesus talks about. We are to live. We know as Christ believers that God lives in us. He abides with us. We need to keep learning and growing in how we abide with him. And uh, yeah, we keep, we need to keep learning how to practice the presence of God, as Brother Lawrence puts it. I love the simplicity of abiding in Christ. It, it, it's just being present, intentionally present. No agenda, just intentionally present. So I find that abiding is a spiritual rhythm that adds life to me. It adds life from God to my soul. And in its intimate simplicity, it actually becomes my life with God, this truly abiding. And as Pastor Bill's been talking about abiding and remaining, if you want to remain in Christ, you have to abide with him. 
And uh, hopefully that will speak into your souls to really research and learn and slow down and abide. Bill? Thank you, Pastor, Pastor Linda. We look forward to when you come back stateside. So enjoy the rest of your time that you have there with family and, and friends, yeah. and we'll see you when you get back. Thank Sounds you. That's good. Thanks, Pastor. Bye now. Again, sorry about the video. That's what happens when you let a 60-year-old do the recording. We won't do that again. I want you to see that there may be no limit to creative ways to practice the presence of Jesus so that you are walking with Jesus moment by moment through every day. So for the rest of the, our sermon time this morning, I want to introduce you to an abiding practice that Christians have been using for over a thousand years. And then I just want to introduce you to that one. And then I want to walk you through a second, very simple and elegant abiding practice so that we start to put some feet on this concept from John 15. So first, I want to introduce you to this practice. Christians have used this for over a thousand years. It's called the daily self-examination. We're not going to do it, but I'm going to teach you how to do it so that you can start to weave it into your life. I had a spiritual director some over 25 years ago who, whenever I met with him, the first thing that he always said is, Bill, how are you doing with your daily self-examination? And I would always kind of put my head down and go, well, I'm not doing that great. I'm maybe doing it once or twice a week. And he always said the same thing to me. He always said, Bill, how do you expect to make progress in your spiritual journey if you're not checking with Jesus every day to see how you are doing. So that is the daily self-examination. It's an ancient Christian practice that uh, examines our abiding once every 24 hours. And um, here's how it works. Um, well, first, before we get to how it works, here's the biblical foundation for the spiritual practice of the daily self-examination. It's got two parts. First part of the spiritual foundation is that God is always watching and examining us. Look at some of the scriptures. Job 17. What is a person that you make so much of them, that you give them so much attention, that you examine them every morning and test them every minute? Psalm 11. The Lord examines the righteous. Proverbs 5. For a person's ways are in full view of the Lord, and he examines all their paths. Proverbs 20, the lamp of the Lord searches the spirit of a person. It searches out their inmost being. And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the first biblical foundation for self-examination is God is always examining us, which might mean that it's a good idea for us to examine ourselves, which is the second biblical foundation for the spiritual practice. Look at these scriptures. The Bible actually tells us to examine ourselves. Psalm 4, when you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Lamentations 3, verse 40, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord, which is one of the things that the daily self-examination does. It brings us back to return to the Lord. Self-examination is a part, of, it's supposed to be a part of every time we participate in the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, a person ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. 
And then final one here, 2 Corinthians 13. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. So the daily self-examination is a profound biblical spiritual practice for abiding. So how do we do it? Not hard. You get the whole thing in three words. Stop, look, and listen. Stop your life at some point. Intentionally stop long enough to ask Jesus how you did in the last 24 hours of abiding with him. You start out with a prayer saying, Jesus, be with me. Um, and you, you invite Jesus to spend, and you do, can do this in like 10 minutes. Invite Jesus to walk with you over the last 24 hours of your day. So you stop. Then you look. What, what you do is you go back, just go back 24 hours. So if you were doing this spiritual practice right now, I'd say, what were you doing at 1048 yesterday morning? And start with wherever that is. Even if it's been weeks since you did the self-examination, just go back 24 hours because that will be enough. And play through the scenes of your life. And in each scene, you're going to figure out what you're doing 24 hours ago, kind of remember that scene, and then you're going to ask two questions. You're, this is the listening part. You're going to ask yourself, how do you respond to that scene? Is there something there that, that you're responding to in a spiritual way or in an angry way or in a sinful way? And then the second question, which is the most important, you're going to say, Jesus, do you have anything to say to me about that scene? And then you go to the next scene in your life, and you do the same thing, and you go to the next scene, and you do the same thing. And in this way, in about 10 minutes, if you've got a really boring life, you can do it in like five minutes, but in about 10 minutes, you can play through the scenes of your life and ask Jesus to speak into them. What will happen is you will become more aware of patterns of, of regret in your life that will often motivate you to do something different, and you'll become aware of patterns of gratitude in your life simply by trying to practice this spiritual um, um, exercise of abiding. All right, stop, look, and listen. When you get to the end of it, when you come to the end of your time with the Lord, just pray and thank Jesus for being present with you. That's the ancient practice of the daily self-examination. Um, and you can actually do this with friends as well. Um, you both, or a number of you, or a group, whatever number, you go through the process just quietly in 10 minutes, and then share the results with each other afterwards. Share what you sense from the Lord, share your disappointments, share your joys from it. I invite you, if this is so simple, I invite you to try to do the daily self-examination as often as you can in your life. There may be a season where where it's very, very fruitful, then it might not be fruitful for a while. But I've learned that the more that I do this simple practice in 10 minutes, the more I am aware of Christ's presence and the more the fruit of the Spirit is nurtured in me and the better person I am for the world around me. All right, the second abiding spiritual practice, I actually want us to do this one because it's very simple. We'll do it in about two or three minutes, and it's called A Word from the Lord. I've done this a number of times at the beginning of the year, like before January 1st, and I've just said, Lord, is there a word that you want for me to guide me through this year? A word that you want to form me or that you want to draw me back to or you want to use to transform me? Is there a word that you would give me for the year? I've actually used it even more than that for seasons of my life, for a summer or a semester. Lord, do you have a word that you want 
for me to abide in that word from you and for that word to abide in me. So this is the whole thing. Jesus, do you have a word for me this season in my life? The biblical foundation is John 15, verses 7 and 8, where Jesus says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So here's what happened when I did this exercise on Tuesday of this week. I just, I got quiet and I said, Jesus, speak. Your servant is listening. Do you have a word for me for this season of my life? And really, really quickly, actually two words um, showed up. And so I wrote them in my, my journal. And seriously, for me, this, I didn't even wait four minutes. It's like these two words popped in my head, and they weren't words that I would have normally come up with. And so I wrote in my journal, what word do you want from me for the season ahead, Lord? And I sensed, and I wrote down in my journal, calm, trust. And then I just was kind of listening, and I wrote these next sentences that I think are from the Lord. Calm, trust. Be still and know that I am God. I will build my church, and I will surprise you this year with joy and love and peace. All I did was stop and say, Jesus, do you have a word for me? And it's like the Spirit had already been examining my heart because those were the things that I was most stressed about. But I would never have said, if, I, if I'd been sitting and just going walking through my day, oh, I'm going to try to practice calm trust for the next year of my life. But the Spirit gave me those two words to guide me. Not just trust, but a calm trust. So I'm going to let you do this exercise right here. I'll start with a, a very brief prayer, and then I'll set a timer for like two minutes, two and a half minutes maybe, and all you need to do is say, Lord Jesus, do you have a word for me in this season? And just listen. If you don't get a word that's not terrible, it's not that bad, don't worry about it. God might be trying to do something else with you. But when I've done this with multiple groups over the years, most people hear something from the Spirit that they can hold on to for the next season of their life as they abide. So let me start with prayer, and then I'll set the timer. Lord Jesus, we know that you want your word to abide in us. Would you make it really, really personal right now? You know every single person's heart who's hearing this message. You know their hearts. You know all of our hearts intimately. Lord Jesus, if you have a word for us for this season, would you share it with us now? in these next few moments. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name.
Lord Jesus, maybe some of us need more time, which is okay. If we didn't hear from you, then help us to set aside a few moments just to, to just ask that question. What word do you have for us to abide in from you this season? I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you, again, if you didn't get a word, if there are other things in your mind was too cluttered, that's okay. But we have the promise that if we draw near to Jesus, Jesus will draw near to us. If we ask the Spirit for wisdom, the Spirit will give us wisdom. If we ask believing that he will give us wisdom. So if you, if you did get a word in these last few moments, here's what I'd encourage you to do. Take out your phone right now and text that word to yourself. Just take out your phones, open up a text. I don't want you to lose this. How sad would it be if Jesus, if the Holy Spirit says, here's a word for you to abide in over the next three months, and you, tomorrow morning, you can't remember what it is. So text that word to yourself. And then second, I encourage you at some point today to share your word from the Lord with someone else. And even if you didn't get a word from the Lord, then you could share the experience with someone else because sometimes sharing the experience out loud is part of the process of listening for what Jesus may have for you. So I encourage you to share your word with a friend, especially a close friend who can remind you of it. Um, you guys can all now remind me for the next nine months if I'm off of calm trust, and your spiritual friends can do that for you. If you are on Instagram, um, it is live right now. You can respond to the prompt on Cornerstone's Instagram to share your word. It will be anonymous, but we will just post those as they come in so that we can hear how the Spirit is speaking to each of us at this season of our lives. And then I just encourage you to abide in that word. Let that word from Jesus come to mind daily for this next season of your life. So, in conclusion, last week a number of us, a few of us watched the Willow Creek um, Global Leadership Summit. And in the last talk, the person giving the talk talked about how this last 18 months has severely tested our faith. And many of us have asked that question. How has 2020, 2021, how has it impacted our faith and our walk with Jesus? And it's a good question. But then the speaker flipped the question on us in a way that I thought was very significant. He said, what if 2020 and 2021 was not the test, but was the lesson? What if that was the season that God was teaching us so that how we live now in this season is the test? What if the way you live right now, coming out of all of the upheavals of this last year, what if now is the test? Will you make the decision now to make practicing the presence of Jesus, to abide with Jesus and his words in you, will you make the decision now to make that a key note habit of your life that you will try day after day to do one more thing than you did the day before 
to be aware of the presence of Jesus so that the fruit of the Spirit wells up from within you and then touches the world around you. So I leave you with Jesus' word in John 15, 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen.